Let's get in the word this morning. Hallelujah. I've got a, um, it's a quick message. I don't believe we'll go too long today. Not as long as we did last week. Uh, We'll do whatever the Holy Spirit wants to do, but I believe what God wants to say today, we can say pretty quickly, and this is just a a real simple message, and I want to talk to you today about how faith works, how faith works. Um, uh, I I think that a lot of us feel like we need stuff. I need my mortgage paid for. I need uh, kids. I, I need clothes for my kids for back to school. I need a new car. I need a car payment. I need a job. But what I want to show you today is that I think our need is different than what we actually think we need. And so I want to properly align how faith works because I want to start off with this statement. Uh, you don't need anything. <laughs> if, you li- if you're a believer, if you live in the kingdom, if you are a child of God, I'm going to go ahead and let you know right now you don't need anything. I know half of you are ready to run up here and slap me in the face and say, no, I have needs, and you don't even know me. You don't know what I'm talking about. But I'm going to tell you today that you don't need anything because everything that God, everything that you think you need in this life, God has already supplied in another place. And so I want to talk to you today about how faith works. And in Ephesians chapter 1, starting with verse 1, Paul says, Paul an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. Notice how he outlines who he is and why he's doing it. You need to know who you are, and you need to know why you're doing it. If you're not convinced that you are in God's will, then you won't be convinced that God can keep you there. If you're not convinced that God got you to where you're at, then you won't be convinced that he can keep you where you're at. The people that go through trials and temptations and come out on the other side of a test are the ones that know that, hey, despite the trial, in spite of the test and the tribulations that are coming against my life, I know I'm in God's will, so I'm going to make it through. So Paul endured a lot of tests and trials in his life, but he starts out saying that I am an apostle of Jesus Christ because that's God's will for my life. To the saints who are in Ephesus and faithful in Christ Jesus. He's writing this letter to saints who are in Ephesus and in Christ Jesus. And I just want to go ahead and let you know that right there, God arrested his handwriting. God arrested his pen and his paper. And he's not just writing to Ephesus. Now he's writing to you and me. That's the great thing about God's word is you could read the same thing you read last year and it tell you something completely different this year. Because it's alive and it's active. So he's not just writing to the Ephesians anymore. Now he's writing to believers. But he points out something very important here. He says, to the saints who are in Ephesus. I believe most Christians have a hard time receiving from God because they don't see themselves the way God sees them. If you don't think you're worthy to get anything from God, you're going to have a hard time receiving anything from God. If you think you have to work up something or you have to get to a certain place, you have to do a certain thing before God starts handing you things and starts blessing you, then you're you're already out of position to receive something. You're already out of position to receive the blessing because I'm going to tell you right now, blessed is not an action. It's a position. The Bible talks about being blessed. 
not having a blessing. It's not something you possess, it's something you are. But if you get out of position of the blessing, then you're not going to be able to receive what God has. So right off the bat, he's identifying, here's, what, here's who I am and here's why I do it. And here's who you are. You're a saint, not a sinner. You might have been to one of those churches. You might have been to one of those churches recently that says, I'm a sinner saved by grace. You are not a sinner. You, you cannot be a sinner and a saint, a holy person. That's how God sees you now. Holy, righteous, in right standing, in the right position to receive everything that he has. Some people aren't receiving, not because God isn't giving, but because they're out of position to receive. So you got to see yourself the way God sees you. No, I was a sinner, used to be, past tense. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. I was a sinner, saved by grace. Now I'm a believer. Now I'm holy. Now I'm righteous in God's eyes. And now I'm working out what's on the inside, trying to get it to show up on the outside. So you got to identify yourself the way God sees you. Then he goes on to verse 2, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 3, our key here. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us, past tense, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. Let me stop right there. He has blessed you, past tense, with every spiritual blessing. Meaning everything you could possibly need, you already have. Now, I know many of you are saying, where is it? (laughs) I don't see it. I have been blessed, but I don't feel blessed. I don't look blessed. I don't act blessed. My bank account doesn't look blessed. My house doesn't look blessed. My marriage doesn't look blessed. My kids don't look blessed. Where is the blessing? Well, he tells you, in the heavenly places, in Christ. Well, that's a problem. We got a problem here because I'm not in heavenly places. I'm in this world. Heavenly places is where God is. Heavenly places is an unseen realm. I can't even see it. So you're telling me that my blessings have already been given to me. I already have been blessed, but they're somewhere else. Well, then the problem is, is we got to figure out how do we unlock that? How do we get a hold of something we can't see? How do we get something that we can't see into a place where I can see? Because can you can be blessed all you want in heaven, but I'm living like a mess down here on earth in the seen realm. So how do we make this switch? And this is where faith comes in. This is where we have to understand faith. Now, real quick, I want to define the seen realm and the unseen realm. And that might sound like, you know, weird stuff you mean there's a realm that you can't see there absolutely is there is a spirit world and there's a good spirit world and there's a bad spirit world just like there's a good natural world and there's a bad natural world and so in this spirit realm which let me remind you that you are a spirit i'm not even talking to the real you on the outside the real you is on the inside and nobody can see that person that's who i'm talking to that's why I tell our parents, you know, don't, don't uh, despise your children at, in their youngest state, in, in a smaller state, because there's a spirit man on the inside that can receive, even though their outward man might be limited, even though they might not even know how to talk yet, 
even though you might be cradling a baby in your arms, you speak the word to them and that spirit being on the inside is receiving it. That's why we don't babysit over here. This isn't watch your kids until your parents get out so they can have some time to just hear the word and rest and relax for a little bit. This ain't daycare. This is church over there and church over here. And when I don't care if you're holding a baby. I don't care if you're rocking a baby. I don't care if they're sleeping. They're ministering the word over there. They're speaking the word to those children. Because it's not limited by your natural man. We used to, I used to tell our students this in Kingdom Institute in St. Augustine. We had some that were, you know, 40, 50 years old, hadn't been in high school. We had one guy who didn't even finish high school. And he was all concerned, you know, I, I mean, I, I want to go, but I'm not good at taking notes. I'm not, I can't even write that fast. I didn't even finish high school. How am I going to? I said, what you're receiving in these classes is not limited to this. It's only limited to how much you open this up. And I know people that are, got degrees, got papers on the wall, got the whole, got letters before and after their name. And they can't understand a lick of this because they don't want to open up their spirit. It's not naturally discerned, the Bible says. So there's a spirit realm. There's a spirit world. And so our stuff, our blessings are locked up over there. So I want to kind of explain the difference between the seen realm and the unseen realm. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 18. And some of these verses might sound familiar to us. But Paul says in 2 Corinthians 4 verse 18, While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. I mean, right there he's already throwing you for a loop. You don't look at things that you can see, and you're supposed to look at things that you can't see. (laughs) This is a great conversation he's having. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. So he divides up. There are two realms here. There's a seen realm, a seen world, and an unseen realm, an unseen world. And he says, you are not supposed to look at the things that you can see. And you're supposed to look at, you're supposed to give attention to the things that you can't see. How in the world are we supposed to do this? How am I supposed to look at what I cannot see and not look at what I can see? Well, first, let me say this. When he says, while we do not look at, he does not mean ignore. He's not saying ignore what you can see. Act like it's not there. That's not what he's saying. This word look actually means to gaze upon or fix your attention to means to pay attention to. So what he's saying is, don't pay attention to what you can see. Pay attention to, gaze upon, fix your attention upon what you can't see. He's not saying go through life acting like there is no money in your bank account. He's not saying uh, go through life and act like you don't have physical issues going on in your body and sickness going on. He's not saying... Go around and just act like, you know, don't ignore the frustrations that are in your marriage. But he's, what, he, what he's saying is, is don't pay attention to that. Give more attention to what you can't see. And the spiritual blessings are where you can't see. 
So he's saying, pay more attention. Fix your attention upon, gaze upon what you can't see. Now, look at this. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. That's awesome. Because the situation that you're dealing with in the natural realm right now is subject to change. That's what temporary means. That means it might, be, it might be like this now, but at some point it's going to change and be different. Okay, we'll get there. That's all right. What you're going through right now, there's no money in my bank account. I'm sick. I've got issues going on in my body. That is temporary. It's subject to change. Something can come in and change the course of your natural circumstance in the seen realm. That's what temporary means. But the things that you cannot see, those are eternal. Those things can't change. Those things can never change. The blessings that you have in heavenly places, they will never be taken away from you. The healing that Jesus has already paid the price for to take care of the temporary sickness is eternal. It can't change. He's never going to revoke his healing. He's never going to revoke his salvation. He's never going to revoke his love. He's never going to turn back on his word. You see where we're going with this. But see, most believers have never trained themselves to live according to what they can't see. They only live by what they can see. They only live by what's around them. They only live by the mess that their family's in. They only live by the mess their bank account's in. They only live by the, the issues that are going on at their job or the fact that they can't find the right job. They only live according to those things. They only live according to the fact that I didn't finish school, so I'm not going to be able to get a job as good as everyone else. When they don't realize that the favor of God, a spiritual blessing, is more permanent and eternal and everlasting than the current situation of I can't seem to find a job and I'm not educated enough and everyone's turning me down. Where if we would give more attention to the fact that no, God's favor is on my life and I need to understand that he wants to put me in a job so I can make influence on people around me and so whatever job he has for me, he will get me in that job. Pay more attention to that. Pay more attention to the truth rather than the lie. You mean what's going on in my life right now is a lie? Yes. And we have to figure out how to get it to show up with truth. This is identifying how faith works. Go over to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Well, first let's do this. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 18. I want to read this in the New Living. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 18 in the New Living Translation. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. Amen. The things that we currently have going on in our life, they will soon change. They will soon be gone. The problems you have today, you'll have another problem later on. But we need to deal with what's going on in our life today and find a way to turn it around. 
How do we change that? By fixing our gaze on what we cannot see. Here's the awesome thing. The unseen realm changes the seen realm. The healing that Jesus has already paid the price for that's in the unseen realm changes the sickness that's in the seen realm. The prosperity and the resource and the power and the finances that God has for your life in the unseen realm changes the seen problem of money and the issues that we have with money. The favor of God that we have in the unseen realm changes the no favor that we have in the earth today, in the seen realm. So until we untap the unseen realm, we'll never change the seen realm. Until we get a hold of what's in the heavenly places, all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, until we get a hold of that, we won't ever change the natural. We won't ever change the problems and the mess and the things we're going through here in this place where we live. So we have to tap into the unseen realm. Now go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. Popular verse. For we walk by faith and not by sight. Here's the key. How do we untap what's in the unseen realm and get it into the seen realm? How do I get a hold of all those spiritual blessings, all the favor of God, all the financial blessings, all the healing, all the provision? How do we get a hold of that and bring it over into where I'm living today? He says, for we walk by faith and not by sight. This word walk means live. In fact, if you read it in the New Living Translation, it says, for we live by believing and not by seeing. Watch this. Faith replaces sight. Faith replaces sight. In one sense, you could say this. It's a new perspective. It's a new way of looking at things. How do I get a hold of the things that are in the heavenly places and get them to be in the natural places that I'm living and dealing with today. Faith. You don't have a need because Jesus, God, has already taken care of every need you could ever have. I don't care if it's depression. I don't care if it's anxiety. I don't care if it's worry. I don't care if it's sickness. I don't care if it's a job situation, a marital situation, uh, whatever it is. You don't have a need. It's already been taken care of. It's in an unseen realm, in a place that we've got to tap into, and faith is how we get a hold of that. Watch this. Faith does not create something. See, we've looked at faith as faith Create, if I'm sick, faith creates healing. If I don't have a job and I'm having trouble finding a job, faith creates favor to get a job. If I'm in financial, uh, you know, if I'm having financial problems, faith creates money. Faith doesn't create anything. Faith moves something. 
See, you don't need Jesus to go back on the cross and take stripes on his back for your healing anymore. It's already been taken care of, already been done, done deal. Just grab a hold by faith of the healing he's already provided for you and move it into your body in the natural realm. You don't have to put up with that mess. You're a child of God. My, my, my father walks on streets of gold. I mean, think about it. If your natural dad walked on streets of gold, you wouldn't have a problem. <laughs> Come on. If your natural father owned a cattle on a thousand hills, you wouldn't be worried about nothing. Why? I've got an untapped resource. And if I just get a hold of that, I've got no problem. I'm taken care of. So we've got to get a hold of what God has already made available to us in another realm, and faith is how we do it. Faith doesn't create something. It moves. It moves what you need from the unseen realm to the seen realm. Faith is the new perspective. Faith is how you see what you cannot see. Faith is how you believe in what you cannot see. Faith is how you grab a hold of what you don't currently have in your possession today. You walk and live by faith. Go to Hebrews chapter 11. We know this as the faith chapter. And starting right out, Hebrews chapter 11. Amen. We've got to be people of faith. The Bible says the just shall live by faith. You know what that means? That means you'll make your living by faith. Just like you go to work and you make a living by doing that job, you do it daily. You're walking in it daily. You're, it's an ongoing thing. You operate in it. You do your task. Faith is how we make a living in the spirit realm. Faith is how you grab a hold of what you cannot see and move it to where I can see it. I can access it. I can grab a hold of it. We've got to be people that live and walk by faith. And Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It's the proof, the evidence. If you go to court and you have evidence, it's proof showing that something happened. Evidence, faith is the proof that what you cannot see does exist. Faith is how you get a hold of it. For by it, the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. You understand that the world we live in and the things that we see were created by something that cannot be seen. God started this whole process of doing things and moving things from an unseen realm to a seen realm all the way back in Genesis chapter 1. He created the entire universe that we live in, more than we can see. But everything that we can see, he created it with something that cannot be seen, his word. His word cannot be seen. You can't see his word. 
when he, when, when he gives you a word about a situation, it's usually going to be contrary to what you see because it is the permanent, everlasting, eternal word. It's what you cannot see. But it's designed to bring something into the seen realm. When he says that by his stripes you are healed, he doesn't wait till you're healed to tell you that. In fact, before you were sick, you were healed. So where's the healing coming from? The healing is coming from the unseen word, by his stripes you are healed. I sent and I sent my word to them and healed them of all their diseases. The word is what changes what you see. The unseen word changes the seen sickness. When he tells you that you've been blessed with all spiritual blessings, he's not waiting for you to be blessed to say, okay, now that verse applies to you. No, that verse applies to you whether you ever live it or walk it out. That verse applies to you no matter what your bank account looks like. That verse applies to you no matter uh, what, your, what situation you're going on, what's going on in your life. The verse applies to you because his word is everlasting. His word is eternal. His word cannot change. It's permanent. It can't be revoked. He is faithful to perform every promise that he's given you. It's not going to change, but it does have the power to change the current scene situation. Go down to uh, Hebrews 11, verse 6. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must, be, must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. God is a rewarder of those who seek him, not something. See, there's the problem. We get sick and we seek healing. We get in financial trouble and we seek prosperity. We seek money. We lose a job and we seek another job. And he says, I'm a rewarder of those who seek me. Because if you seek him, Matthew 6.33 says, everything else will come chasing you down. It'll come find you. How many of you want money to come find you? How many of you want healing to come find you? How many of you want joy to come find you? How many of you want peace to come find you? So instead of seeking after joy when you're depressed, instead of seeking after peace when you're anxious, seek him and all those things come, they find you. They'll come looking for you. So he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him, not something. Uh, look at Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 through 3 in the New Living Translation again. Faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. It assures you that, look, what you cannot see, it's there. I may not be able to see prosperity, but it's there. Because I see by faith, not by my natural eyes. So here's the problem. If we're talking about faith, a perspective that helps you look at what you can't see versus the realm that you can see, then 
it stands to reason that the issue that most of us deal with is we look more at what we can see rather than what we can't see. Stands to reason that the problem that most of us have is we are only looking at natural circumstances and we're not gazing upon the faith by God's word that helps us see what we can't see. Look at Romans chapter 4. Abraham, we call him the father of faith because he had to stand in faith on more than one account. And he's the father of faith because he placed such a great trust in God's word. And Abraham lived his life not by what he could see, but by what he couldn't see. Now, obviously, if you can't see it, then that means that it is, con- it is contrary to what you can see. Because if you could see it, then you could see it. <laughs> I don't know any other way to put it. So God is asking us to walk according to something that looks the direct opposite of the current situation we're in. Don't be surprised as you begin to live for God and as he begins to speak to you that he starts telling you to do stuff that doesn't even look possible. That looks like the direct opposite of your current situation. Romans chapter 4 verse 17, as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. As it is written, as it is written, as it is written, his word. According to his word, I have made you a father of many nations. In the presence of him who believed, God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. The financial prosperity to exist as though it doesn't. The healing to exist as though it doesn't. The joy to exist as though it doesn't. He's speaking to things that don't exist in the natural and he's commanding them to show up from another realm. And you're not waiting for it to exist. You're just waiting for it to move into this realm because it's already out there. It's already waiting for you. Verse 18. Who, contrary to hope, in hope believed so that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. Let me just let you know, he's talking to a man who is 100 years old who has not had children to this point and does not have the ability to have children. Contrary to hope, contrary to the current situation, contrary to what I'm currently living in, contrary, against, opposite of what I'm currently dealing with in my life, he's telling me I'm going to be a father of many nations, and I can't based upon natural circumstances. So Abraham has to exercise the ability to see something that does not exist. He has to to exercise the ability to say, regardless of what it looks like on the outside, I'm going to fix my attention to. I'm going to gaze upon. I'm going to give more attention to what I cannot see than what I can see. 
What I can see is that my wife is unable to have children. She's barren. What I can see is I'm 100 years old and I'm past childbearing years. What I can see is that I do not even have any children to my name to carry on my name. But what I can't see is he's called me a father of many nations. What I, can, what I cannot see is that my children will be like the sands of the sea and the stars in the sky. What I cannot see is that my descendants will carry my name. So I've got a choice. Am I going to sit here and go, God, you're crazy. I, I, there's no way I can have children. God, you don't know my current situation. I don't have enough education to get that kind of job. I don't know anything about running a business. I can't start a business. God, you don't, you don't know. This, this sickness has been ra ra ravaging my body for 10 years. I can't seem to get rid of it. You don't know my current situation. He's saying, yeah, I do. And I know that your current situation is subject to change if you'll grab a hold of what I say your current situation is. Verse 19. And not being weak in faith. You know what happens when your eyes are weak? You can't see real well. Well, faith is your eyes to see into the unseen realm. So if your faith is weak, you're going to have a hard time seeing what is on the other side. Some of us, our natural eyes are stronger than our faith eyes. And so that's why we are looking at the natural more than we are looking at the spiritual. Not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body did not consider his own body, did not consider his own bank account, did not consider the, the current status of his marriage, did not consider the current status of his job, did not consider the natural circumstance. But not being in weak, already dead since he was about 100 years old, and the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not consider all the facts that contributed to the fact that my current situation looks nothing like what you're telling me it should. I'm not even going to consider it. Ever gotten a doctor's report that was against God's word? I'll tell you right now, you will develop faith in the areas you consider the most. You will develop faith in the areas that you gaze upon the most. Where you put the most attention, that's where your faith is going to be. The Bible says in Romans uh, chapter 10, verse 17, that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But let me just go ahead and let you know that you can develop faith in more than just God's word. I can develop faith in a news report. I can develop faith in a doctor's report. I can develop faith in a paycheck. I can develop faith in a bank account. I can develop faith in another person, or I can develop faith in God. I can develop faith in what God says. It's up to wherever you give attention to. If you're looking at the doctor's report more than you're reading your Bible, you're going to have more faith in the doctor's report than what the Bible says. If you're, giving, if you're considering your bank account and your current financial situation more than you're considering God's word, then you will have more faith in what your current situation can do for you. If you're considering what the bank can do for you, 
well, they can get me this type of loan, and I can get this kind of credit card. If you look at that more than you're looking at God's word, you'll have more faith in the little piece of plastic than you will in God's word, which is eternal and can never change. So you have to give more attention. Consider God's word. Verse 20. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith. Watch this, giving glory to God. If you are not in a current practicing of thanking God and praising him for stuff you don't have yet, you need to. If you cannot thank God for something until it actually shows up in your life, you're going to walk a very hard life and a very difficult life. Giving glory to God, not when he got Isaac, before that. You have to develop a practice of thanking God for stuff that you're believing for before it shows up. Otherwise, you don't really believe that when it's in the other realm, it's yours. It's already got your name on it. It's already got your name on it. So receive it by faith. Take hold of it by faith and thank him for it. Jesus said, when you pray, believe that you receive. (laughs) When you pray, believe that you receive. Not when you get it. Not when the situation turns around. Not when you finally get that job. Not when you finally start making that money. Not when the marriage finally starts to turn around. Not when the kids start acting right. No, you praise him and you thank him for what you're believing for when you ask for it. Giving glory to God. He was strengthened in faith. You'll strengthen your faith that way. You'll strengthen your faith. Some of us, our faith is weak because we just haven't had a practice of just thanking him for stuff that we don't have yet. That's because you believe that it's not really yours until you have it in your possession. Again, the unseen realm, it changes the seen realm. It will turn that around. But we've got to get in the habit of thanking him before. Verse 21, and being fully convinced, not half, not three quarters, not a quarter, not 99%, fully convinced that what he had promised, he was able to perform. Preached a message not too long ago, said that God is able. Simple. Because too many of us act like he's not able. Too many of us act like what he says, is he really able to do that? Can he really make that happen? Sometimes I feel like we inform God of, look, I, I don't know if you're just too busy up there. I don't know. I know you've got a lot on your plate. You're managing the entire universe. There's a lot of people down there, and there's people that are more messed up than me. But I don't know if you currently know my situation. I don't know if you, you come on down here for a day with me. Walk in my shoes and see if you still think you... Sometimes we think we got to inform God of where we are currently at, and, and then God's going to be like, oh, man, I didn't realize you had it that bad. Let me hold up. But his word says he is able to perform anything that he's promised. Look, if he's ever gone back on his word once, 
that would be enough for us to say, well, we'll see what happens. But he never has. He's never broken a promise. He's never let us down. He is faithful. He doesn't operate in faithfulness. He is faithful. That's who he is. He holds to his word. He stays true to his word. The Bible says that he holds his word higher than his own name. So we've got to develop faith in his word. His word is the unseen. Because his word will always speak to you based upon what you don't see. Well, the problem is, is we only move, we only operate, we only act upon what we do see, and that's where we have to make the switch. That's where we have to begin to say, Father, I repent for not looking at life the way you look at my life. I repent for not seeing myself as possessing and having and obtaining everything that you have already made available to me. And now I begin to look at what your word says. Now I begin to look at what you say I am, who you say I am, what you say I have, where you say I am. We've got to begin to see ourselves through God's eyes. We've got to change our perspective. We've got to put on a new lens. We've got to look with a different set of eyes. That's why he said they have ears to hear and they do not hear. They have eyes to see or perceive and they don't. Why? Because faith changes which ears you use and which eyes you use, which report you give attention to. Faith will change that. We've got to begin to exercise our faith. How do I get my faith stronger? How do I grow in my faith? You exercise it. It's a muscle. Muscles don't grow unless you use them. If you haven't used God for $10, if you haven't used faith for $10, you're going to have trouble using faith for $100. So use God for 10 use faith for $10. Say, God, I believe you're going to take care of my lunch today. And watch what he'll do. Watch how your faith will grow, and he'll begin to provide for you. Seek him. Diligently seek him. That doesn't mean on Sunday. I know that's an important day, it's a big day of the week, but he wants you to seek him all week long. He wants you to give him attention all week long. I'm not here to recharge your spiritual batteries. You can keep those things going. The more you use it, the more it'll work for you. Amen. We got to be people of faith. And I just want to remind you this morning that there's nothing that you need that he hasn't already provided for you. What we need is to learn how to walk by faith. What we need is to learn how to use faith. What we need is to learn how to operate in faith. What we need is to learn what God's word says about us. What we need is to learn what God's word already says we have. That's what we need. And we'll find that all those things that we thought we needed, they're already there. He's ready and waiting to bless us. He's able to perform his word. Every promise he's given, it will and it can show up in your life if you operate by faith. The just shall live by faith. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. Father, we make it a daily priority in our lives starting today to operate, walk, live by faith. Father, we can't even please you without using faith. 
We can't even be pleasing to you. We can't even live. Some of us think that we're being humble by saying, you know, this is just what God's given me. No, we need to truly discern what God is giving us. Truly discern the blessings that you've made available to us. And Father, you are pleased when we operate by faith. You are pleased. You're excited. You get the glory when we move things from an unseen realm to a seen realm. Father, we no longer look look at life at what we don't have or what we need or what we want. But Father, we will look at life as this is what is ready and waiting for me. There's no problem that we'll ever come into that will surprise you. There's no issue or circumstance that we could ever walk in that will take you by surprise. You know everything. Our future is in your past. It's already happened to you. And on top of that, you have a great plan and purpose for our lives. Your will for our lives is so awesome. But not only did you give us your will, you have have given us every resource and every provision that is necessary to walk in your will. If finances are necessary to walk in your will, you'll make them come. If a job is necessary to walk in your will, you'll make it come. If, if, If a right marriage is necessary to walk in your will, it will come. You already have the answer. You've already brought the provision and the resource to make that available in our lives. So, Father, we thank you today. We put ourselves in a position of gratitude, thankfulness, that you have already made those things available to us. And, Father, as we begin to exercise our faith, begin to live by faith, we'll see great things happen. Those things that we thought didn't exist, we'll find out that we just needed to move them. We thank you and we honor you for this word today. I thank you for every person, every individual, every family that's here. I thank you that they're blessed because they have given time to seek you. They've come to see you. Father, I thank you that you have met them face to face. Holy Spirit, I thank you for understanding, comprehension of the words that were spoken today, that we'll meditate on them. This will not be the last time we hear this message. We will meditate on these words. We'll look over the notes. We'll look over the words. We'll look over the scriptures. We'll look over, give attention to, gaze upon, fix our eyes upon what you have to say. We love you and thank you for all that you're doing in Jesus' name. Amen.